Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. I'm your host, Adam Homey, and the name says our listeners are business creators. And you fall into one of four categories. Category one are entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. Category two, marketing and business coaches. Category three are those who help others build their businesses and win at the game of business and marketing. And these can be anybody from social media coaches to media and publicity strategists, uh, web designers, graphic designers, anybody who helps others win at the game of business and marketing. And, of course, our fourth category, do-it-yourselfers who just love to have your own hands on the levers and play your own game. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, take a moment, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the word. In today's episode, we are going to dive into discovering your hidden profits. And with us today, I'm very excited to have with us our special guest, Stacy Highland, the Business Optimizer Coach. To tell you a little bit about Stacy, uh, she's a sought-after international speaker who's been the secret weapon of some of the biggest names in motivation and business success. And she, including in, among these are, well, let me let me start over here. Um, among, among others, mega author and co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, Mark Victor Hansen and his co-author, speaker Robert G. Allen, chose Stacy to speak during their promotional tour for their New York Times best-selling book, One Millionaire. And Anthony Robbins has hired her as a senior-level coach and VP of consulting with his world-famous Business Breakthroughs International, and all because of her passion and success in coaching high-achieving entrepreneurs on powerful sales and marketing strategies. In addition to Stacy's work with these mega organizations, she serves her own clients as a creator of three popular self-study programs, which are called Become a Magnet, Attracting Your Perfect Clients, Selling with Confidence, Getting a Yes Without Being Pushy, and Low-Hanging Fruit Strategies to Rapidly Increase Sales, which are three of my favorite topics when it comes to building an online business. These internationally acclaimed programs, combined with Stacy's private, high-result coaching, allow her clients to get more sales, more profits, and more time to do the things they love with the people they love. Stacy's also one of those rare success coaches who actually follows her own advice. Based on the exact same principles she works with her clients to implement, some of which she's going to share with us today, she's built her own thriving business, which allows her to take more than 10 weeks of vacation each year. Wow, I can't remember last time I took more than 10 days of vacation in a year to spend time with her family. When she's not in her office, Stacy enjoys spending time with her husband and kids at their home near beautiful Montreal or at their summer cottage in New Hampshire, boating, swimming, skiing, biking, hiking, and anything else that will get giggles from her daughters. The best sound in the world. Stacy, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about sharing all this with your your listeners. And I'm very excited about having you here, too, because I know among the other things, among the many things we're going to cover today are a couple of my favorite strategies for building an online business, which are plugging the leaks to keep the money you had in the first place. It just astounds me how many people just allow profit leaks in their business so that it's like, it's like handing out money, and then they wonder why they're broke, and upsells, because it's my belief that the best time to get somebody to say yes is when they've just said yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, so, it's crazy. Well, well, go ahead. 
it's crazy because most people, they wouldn't, you know, if, if there was a dollar laying there on the ground, they'd pick it up. But they have lots of dollars in their business that they're just leaving there. Right, right, right. Before we dive in, uh, let's take a step back. And I want to give the those of our listeners who may not have heard of you or had a chance to find out more about you a chance to get you to know you a little bit personally. So just tell us a little bit about your background. I know I read off your official bio there, but just you know, sort of in your own words, tell us the story of what brought you to where you are today and how you've come to help entrepreneurs and business creators as their business optimizer coach. Sure. Well, it, the funny thing is is it started back in third grade, which we, we realized we both grew up outside of the Pittsburgh area, so we weren't too far from right. back then. Um, and in third grade, I started selling. I was buying products wholesale, selling them in retail. And then by fifth grade, which actually amazes me because now I have a daughter in fifth grade and I can see, like, the maturity level of fifth graders, I started <laughs> selling B2B. You know, selling – I got my first check from a business when I was in fifth grade. Um, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. Um, and, and so what happened is I, I went into sales and I, I enjoyed sales. I was always a top performer. And my the way my mind works is I was always looking – how to improve what I was doing, you know, the whole optimization part. And so I would be right. sitting with other salespeople, and I'd be like, oh, listen to the way they said that. That was brilliant. And I'd add that to my sales presentation. And then the next week I'd be with another sales rep, and I'd say, oh, listen to how they did that part of the presentation, and I'd add that in. Um, so, I, so I always was just a natural optimizer. And in my last sales job, I was working in very consultative sales um, method that we were doing, and I was working with this client who had a business, and I was helping them with their marketing, and I was helping them with their sales strategies as part of helping sell the things that I was selling to them. And as right. a result, this business, they grew their business 200% in a year. So I kind of got really hooked on that because I was having a lot more fun helping these businesses grow their businesses than selling them the product that I was selling. So I said, right. how can I do this? You know, it's it's fun it's it's exciting and i started looking at all right well what are the possibilities coaching had just started then um you know it was probably about 15 years ago i looked into coaching with tony robbins which at the time it was mostly life coaching so that didn't work and it's funny how full circle comes around that then you know five years ago i worked with him um for the last five years in business coaching but um right you know i started doing the business coaching and then what happened was my clients said, you know, coaching isn't really what you do. There's lots of coaches, and they ask you, well, what do you think about this, and what do you think about that? They said, what you're doing is so much more. It's really everything I'm doing in my business, you're helping me do it better. You're helping me get the most out of everything that I have in my business. So that's how we came up with the name Business Optimizer Coach was because my clients were the ones that said, hey, you're helping me optimize what I'm doing and get the most out of it. So that's that's how it happened. Sometimes it's also the smallest changes that make the biggest difference. A big piece of what we do here in my company, how my website sell, is we find people whose websites already exist, who already have their online marketing presence, and we help them find that slight edge or that little bit more, that small change they can make that can potentially make a big difference. In fact, one of our taglines is, so you have a website, now what? Because in our industry, we find that people – throw up websites, and I think sometimes the words throw up are actually very applicable, but then there becomes that little small matter of, 
well, how do we make money with this thing? Uh, we see folks who will spend, will have a $20,000 development budget, and they'll certainly spend every single penny of it before they even show that website to a single customer. And what I see happen with these happen way too often is that they will go through all the pain, suffering, blood, toil, tears, and sweat to get the website launched. And then the moment they do, they're, they're just broke. They're financially broke. They've, they've run over budget. They're emotionally broke because they are already discouraged by the amount of effort it took just to get the thing live. Imagine actually having to grow the business. And uh, energy-wise, they're broke, too, because they've already had enough. I've seen people develop these, and then two days later, they just go back to what they were doing beforehand. They never take a step forward. And I think that's very unfortunate. And that's one of the things we try and solve here at the Business Creators Radio Show. Now, our listeners know that we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me they have pretty much anything they need, everything they need, to implement any strategy, any tactic, any technique that any of our guest experts, including Stacy, provide them, except for these two little variables called time and money. And I ask this question of every expert who appears on our show, and what I want to know is how does this apply to growing a more profitable business or optimizing your business? How can time and money potentially get in the way or people think it gets in the way? You know, most people, when they go into business, they, they want to go into business because they want to have more money than they think they can make working for somebody else. So they want that financial right. freedom. And the second thing they want is time freedom, right? And as I mentioned, I take, you know, 10 weeks of vacation a year. Um, right. So I'm a model of that for my clients. But the thing is, is that if you don't, you know, if you use these as excuses, you're never going to get to the place that you have either, so what I would tell people is, first of all, look at what you can delegate in your business right now. That's going to free up some time. Second, I want you to pick, out of what we're going to talk about today, pick just one thing that you think will have the biggest return on investment for your business, and I want you to implement it. And then the third step is to go back and delegate more. And then pick the second thing and implement it. So it's really just a baby step process that you have to do something to break out of that time and money cycle and and just get it done. Right. I think you raise a very good point because another thing I see is folks will they'll get some sort of training or they'll read some email somewhere and then suddenly they go into this crazy hyper-implementation mode. I remember back when I was in the training and development industry, and this was back in about 2004, 2005, when this thing called e-learning was all the rage. And there was this cartoon we used to pass around that everybody thought was hilarious, and it shows a corporate executive uh, sitting in his office with his director of training, and he says, I don't really know what an e-learning is, but I heard our competitor has one, so you get us too. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the type of thing that goes in. That's why I think, in my opinion, why people get so overwhelmed. Now, Stacey, I know you've worked with hundreds of business owners, and I think this would be a great time to segue into what are some of the mistakes that you see business owners making over and over again? Um, and if you have a couple horror stories to share, I love horror stories. <laughs> well, the, the, as long as they have a happy ending, right? Um, right, Absolutely. <laughs> The thing is, is that a lot of business owners are, you know, the, the thing that you just said is that they say, hey, I want e-learning, I want to have a website, I want a this, I want a that. And they think that, that whatever that thing is, like right now it could be social media, it could be Pinterest, it could be the next gizmo that comes along, right? They think that that's the magic bullet. And 
So the problem is is that they don't have any strategic planning around it. So right. instead of having a strategic way to use the website like you were talking about, they, they just throw up this website, and it's really just a really expensive brochure, right? Right. So <laughs> that's not working for them. Um, you know, the other thing I see is that they'll get into a um, very re- reactive phase. So, for example, you're in the sales situation. The prospect says no. Well, what do you do then? Do you have a strategic plan of what happens after somebody says no? Now, I would assume that every single business out there has people say no to them almost every day, right? If, and if they don't, they're not asking enough. <laughs> so what you need to look at is, all right, well, when people say no to me, what are we going to do at that point? How Are we going, are we going to do a downsell? Are we going to do um, a referral to another product? There's all sorts of things that you can do, you can do but if you don't have that strategic thought in mind, you know, it, you're losing that opportunity that you have. Um, right. It's kind of like when you when you're talking to somebody. I don't know if you ever remember when you were dating that you know somebody would say something and you'd want to make this really funny you know retort and of course nothing comes up to you because it's like on the spot and then afterwards like that night you're like oh I could have said this or I could have said that or I could have said that. In business we know this is going to happen so you need to have your processes all mapped out. Right. Um, the other thing I see people make is that they're too busy working in the business versus on their business. So um, you're probably familiar with Michael Gerber who wrote the E-Myth. Um, yes. And if, and if people have not read the E-Myth, that's something that I would definitely suggest as a resource for people to look at. Um, so the, what it is is that working in the business is when you're doing the technical skills in your business. So, for example, if they're a web designer, they're they're actually building the web pages. If you're a landscaper, you're out there doing landscaper, you said that you have a lot of coaches. If you're a coach, it would be while you're actually coaching, right? Right. The great thing about that is while you're doing that, you're working in the business, You're not. that's great, but you need to work on the business, which is the part that you do to help make the business grow. And like you said, people are implementing things without looking at, okay, how does this fit into the overall strategy? So what happens is you get really busy. You're, you're working in the business, in the business, in the business, and then the, right. on the back side, all of a sudden, you, you see this whole feast or famine. I see this a lot in when, I, when clients come to me. They'll say, yeah, I'm so busy, I don't have time to do marketing. I'm so busy, I don't have time for prospecting. Well, that's because they don't have any plan strategically to make sure that the funnel keeps you know, being full, and they end up in this famine phase that they don't know what to, what to do because everything's dried up. So you have to have a right. balance. Um, the third thing that I see in terms of a mistake is that entrepreneurs don't have any accountability. So, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm unemployable. I'm absolutely uh, unemployable. I did that corporate thing for many years, and uh, and you know, no no kick to our corporate listeners. And believe me, I admire you for what you do. But uh, the idea of working in a cube farm, uh, yeah, I felt pretty slaughtered. Yeah. So the thing is, is that when you go into this whole entrepreneurship, you think, okay, I'm gonna have freedom, and there's there's no accountability for you. Like we're used to 
you know, in the North American culture, you have accountability. Like your parents say, did you brush your teeth? Did you make your bed? School, you have to hand in your homework. Everything that we're culturally taught is that there's somebody over us that's going to say, okay, did you get this done and show me. And right. when we go into the um, business world and we're the boss, you know, there's nobody to keep you on track, you know. And, you know, I've struggled with this myself, so that's why I'm good at helping my clients with it because, you know, I'm I'm very, you know, like I'll get into something and I'll get really excited and then it's like, oh, you didn't finish this thing over there. So you want to make sure that when you have a project that you're working on, if you look at the things that you're going to take away from today's show, you're going to set a date, you're going to have an accountability partner, you're going to have somebody that's going to say, okay, and this could even be your VAs. I know you said that you have some VAs that listen to the show. One of the best things is when you have a VA that says, hey, you know, we're, we're supposed to be doing this, is it ready? It helps the business owner really stay on track. Um, the other thing is that you can do a little um, tracking on this. So, you know, years ago when I first started coaching, I was doing marketing calendars for people. And I was doing these amazing right. marketing calendars. And then the people would say, well, yeah, this this didn't work. And it wasn't the marketing calendar that didn't work. It was the person that didn't work. <laughs> it wasn't a magic marketing calendar. It didn't self-implement. And so so you need to look at, okay, here's the here are all these ideas I had. Which ones did I follow through on? Which ones did I implement? So you want to put that tracking system. So say, for example, you have your marketing calendar or your blogging calendar, whatever it is that you're working with. It's not just the plan of what you're going to do. Now you need to use this on a weekly and monthly basis to look at, okay, I said I was going to do X, Y, and Z. Did I do X, Y, and Z? And that way at the end right. of the year, when you do your yearly review, you can look back and say, wow, I had this great plan. What percentage of it did I actually do? You know, and, that, right. and that's really going to help people. That's really going to help. Um, you know, put those tracking. And the nice thing is that you can do the, the tracking yourself. You don't have to have somebody else on, on top of your head trying to, you know, do it for you. Um, the other thing that I see, especially since the, the recession, is that business owners are cutting back on the little things in their business instead of investing their time, their energy, and their resources in growth. So this is what I call the paperclip mentality, that you're looking at, all right, how many paperclips am I using? Am I spending too much money on office supplies <laughs> versus looking at how you can bring in new clients? You're just looking at the, the wrong end of the equation. Um, Allie, Allie Brown, who's one of the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies, says, are you a budget person or a make more money person? And I love that. That's a good analogy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm all about making more money too. I don't uh, I don't I don't do this for my health. Believe me, I do this because I have a vision of a future that I'm building. That that's why I do what I do. That's my real passion when it comes down to it. And and I'll tell you and I'll tell you, you know, I keep a very close rein on the cash flow of the business. I mean, we don't spend a dime on something unless we recognize that there's going to be a return. I don't chase like the favorite plugin of the week and I don't belong to 25 different coaching programs. I belong to one mastermind, one coaching program and one education program. And I've been with all three of those for a very long time. I'm not susceptible to everybody's pitch. That's just not how it is because I believe in longer term relationships that truly grow the business. There's a difference between, you know, having the pay-per-click mentality and just being really smart about your money because we certainly don't want to spend our money frivolously. 
No, and that's where you are where you are because you're not being all scattered and looking at the wrong end of the the equation. Um, you know, and and the thing is, is then, and I'm sure that's why you've been with these or these organizations so long as you have, is that you look at, all right, what are the things that I'm doing that are getting me results? So if you're in a coaching program right. and it's not getting you results, bam, out the door it goes. Um, that's right. You know, and that's right. And, and so you you need to focus on what are the top 20% of the things that you're doing that are getting you results and do that are getting you 80% of the results and focus on working on those things as opposed to just doing everything. You know, for different people. Right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I know this is this is one of my favorite topics right here. I'm so I'm so sorry. It's uh, yeah, because because I, I think I think about this and you know how people wind up chasing these bright shiny objects and they think that they're investing but they're really just wasting. This is a point of contention that I see all the time. I mean, I invest smartly in my business, uh, but I will tell you that we're pretty tight with our money, and that's why we have money. Right, and it's not, and like you said, it's it's not it's not a magic bullet. Most people are looking for that magic bullet, and right? It's like weight loss. That it's like okay, weight loss is really diet and exercise, <laughs> and people right. are like, okay, what can I do this? Not diet and exercise. Same thing for marketing. They they want to know, okay, what's the easiest way to do it? Oh yeah, yeah, like the silver bullet diets. I mean, we had the the Atkins diet, and I watched everybody binge on bread after uh, completely denying their body something that it needed, and just all these other fads, which usually end up taking you in the opposite direction. I mean, think about uh, certain organizations. I'm not going to mention names, and I'm trying not to generalize, but there are a lot of companies out there that are supposed to help you lose weight. Well, what happens when you lose the weight? Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not a. You don't need that. You don't. Yeah, you don't need them anymore. So, do you really think they have a vested interest in you really losing weight or being healthier? Do you think they have a vested interest at some level in you staying at a level that's somewhat less optimal to where you'd like to be? Mm, that's true. Yep. That's something I challenge people on all the time before before they make a decision about where they're going. Uh, if they want to join a coaching program, look very closely. What are the outcomes? And once you achieve those outcomes, where do you go from there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I a few years ago I was a member of a high-level um, coaching program and mastermind, and people, you know, some people the last, you know, the end of the year when we had our final thing, people were saying, you know, I didn't get my money's worth, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, and you know what, I realized this whole 80-20 thing works all the time, right, because really there were 80% of the people that were complaining and, you know, bitching and moaning about the program, the coach, this and that, and there were 20% of the people that took what the coach said and actually did it and actually got awesome results. Right. So, you know, the thing is is that you can't have an you know, this outside thing of whether it's the weight loss organization or whatever that organization is, um you can't hold them responsible. You have to have your self responsibility as well. To say, Okay, right, if right. I'm with this it has to be up to me and then, you know, like you said, it it isn't going back to eating bread the next day and saying, Oh, it didn't work because it's, <laughs> it's something you did, it's not <laughs> something they did. Exactly. When you look at coaching and look at mentoring, uh, you have to also still make sure that you understand the reasons why you make the choices. I mean, when you have certain organizations that are supposed to help you lose weight, but they're endorsing McDonald's chicken nuggets, you've got to question that a little bit. I'm sorry. You just you have to question that somewhat. 
Right, and I'm sure you run into that a lot with dealing with people who have websites, and they were promised, like, okay, you're going to have this great website, it's going to help you with X, Y, and Z, and then they get it up, and it's really just a, you know, an online brochure that's not, you know, it's not a sales funnel, it doesn't have any of the, the direct response marketing built into it. Um, right. So you, you probably get get even angrier <laughs> Right, 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 right. The 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 problem is is what they were never told is that the majority of the website conversion conversation, that whole process of building no like and trust, happens before the person even visits your web page. If you're doing your marketing right, by the time they arrive at your web page, they're already sold. They're already ready to take the action. What they simply need are the justifications to do so and the process for doing so. And this is where this is where people get lied to all the time and they get sold a bill of goods basically. Then they come to us and say, Well I yeah, I have this website, now I need to actually make money with it. Uh, I spent all my money on the design firm and I have like eighteen dollars. What can you do for me tomorrow? And I said, Well tomorrow I think I'm gonna go to the beach, uh, come up with some real money, and we'll talk. Now, I don't say it quite like that, but uh, but the point is not lost, is that, uh, is that people spend money based on emotion, not logic, but then that goes to the point where sometimes, unfortunately, they leave logic right at the door, and then it comes back and bites them later. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Well, and that right there is a profit leak. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, definitely. So what what I would tell what I would tell business owners on this call, my clients, is to to look at that 20%, you know, and let's look at some of the yes. steps that we take. Um, the first step with this is to look at who is your 20%. Who are your perfect clients? Who are the people that, that, you, that spend more money with you? Who are the people that you enjoy doing business with? And I love how you did this in the intro because you actually, you know, modeled this really well for the people listening is that you said, hey, these are the four types of people that listen to this call. You know, right. this is the radio show, show for these four types of people, and we're going to help you. So the thing is is that when you get with your perfect clients, they're also going to refer other people who are your perfect clients. So right. you know, I have a program on how to again, attract your perfect clients because you need to – those are the people that you want to be marketing to. Those are the people that you're having that conversation with throughout all your sales process, throughout all of your marketing process. Um, right. Second – is to know your numbers. So this is your before shot. So I know you're not a lady, but you've probably seen a makeover TV show. Have you seen a makeover TV show? It could have I don't watch television, fun. but I know what you're talking about. So it could, like they do it with everything. They do it with real estate. They do it with, you know, like the motorcycles before and after, everything for men and women. But if you've right. ever seen one of those shows, they show the before picture of what this person looks like before they. You know their hair might be all crazy. They they might not have um, you know before a weight loss program. They show what the person looks like in their in their bathing suit. So what you need right. to do is say, all right, what is my baseline? What are my numbers? And that way you can say, all right, here's where I am right now, and here's where I want to go. So the first thing I would have everybody that's listening today, unless you're driving, to write down is how many clients do you have right now? What are your gross sales right now? What is your profit? margin and then what's the average number of sales that you have per day per month per year um and then look at both online and offline look at the average sale and i think probably your listeners are familiar with what an average sale is so is that at, like say for example right. if you had a restaurant is your average sale a hundred dollars or are you a restaurant that your average sale is thirty dollars just right figure that out 
Um, and then what's the lifetime value? So, for example, if somebody was a um, virtual assistant listening today, they would say, okay, their average sale might be somebody that's spending $500 a month with them. Their lifetime value is, all right, that average person stays with them for three years, so that would be $18,000, if my math is right. <laughs> so if if they've stayed for three years at $6,000 a year, that's 18000 And so now you can see, all right, I do have some money in, in the pot to try to go out and market and get this perfect client. Right. And that's where if you're focusing on that right 20%, it, it really helps. So I would suggest that everybody starts right there to, to find those the money, where where they should be focusing. Follow the money. Show me the money. I'm sorry, Stacey, do we have you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just grabbed a sip of water. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I okay, I, I understand completely. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm doing when I'm hosting the show here, my kitten Batman starts climbing on me. It's uh you know, I, I want her affection all day long, but the only time she wants to, you know, give it to me is when I'm hosting the business creators radio show. Maybe she's um heading on the path toward catpreneurship and just hasn't revealed this to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't have any cats or dogs, so it's just I was just getting a little parched there. So sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not no, even no, in Stacey. Right, I know. Now, Stacey, I know all of our listeners. Profits are because uh, we're talking about you know stopping the profit leaks, and we're looking for where the additional profits are in the business we already have, in the marketing we already have. So where should we be looking? All right, well, I'll share with you five places that people can get started. And remember, don't get don't get overwhelmed with, oh, my gosh, there's five. I have to do all five. Pick one. Right. You know, when you get off the interview today, pick one, implement one, and then do the next one. So, again, it's all about implementation, so don't try to do everything. The first place that most people have hidden profits is in their list. You know, and I'm sure you're being in Internet marketing. You've heard, you know, the money is in the list. And the All the time. Why, yeah, and the reason why I say this is a hidden profit is because it's right in front of you, but they just you're not using it, you're not optimizing it. Um, I had a brand new client that had four thousand people on their list, which is a healthy, you know, nice sized list. They didn't have a newsletter, they didn't have any type of client relationship management system in place. They didn't have any ongoing effort to take care of the people that were on their list. So. You know, there's lots of hidden profit on that. And, you know, there's people on there that wanted to find out more information. There's people that could refer you on that list. There's people that, you know, are probably in your target market because they've opted in or bought something from you. And, you know, if you're not if you're not taking care of your list and feeding it and nurturing it and offering them valuable information, somebody else is going to come along that's going to do that, and they're, they're going to take those clients. Um, now, one of the things I see with people with their list is, and you'll probably relate to this being in internet marketing, is that people don't want to they don't want to promote to their list, and they don't want to be um, mailing their list too often. So, going back to what we just said, is starting with the perfect client. If you're marketing to your perfect client, you'll have a, less of a problem with this because you cannot create things fast enough for people to consume them. So, for example, That's are you true. a golfer, Adam? No, I'm not. Okay. So do you have any hobby that you're passionate about? 
I have many hobbies that I'm passionate about. Uh, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to pick one. So you're the guest here. Why don't we let you pick one of your hobbies and lead us through the exercise? All right. So, for example, I'll just say that I'm a gymnastics mom. My daughter is 11 year old um, national level gymnast right now. Right. And so she, you know, I cannot buy enough stuff about gymnastics. So if I'm buying from one place something for gymnastics, I I love this. Amazon actually emailed me like three weeks ago that the Gabby Douglas, who was the the Olympic champion in gymnastics, her new movie was coming out on DVD. So there's a perfect example of they know I love gymnastics. I'm their perfect client. And they uh, they saw that I've bought all these things about gymnastics at Christmas time. They emailed me, bam, I bought it. <laughs> right. You know, so the thing is, is you want to have the hungry market. Um, one of my clients, he last year was on the Inc. 5000. He was around number 1,200 of the fastest growing right. companies in the U.S. And one of the things that we worked on with him is that he had this list, but it was a little bit quiet because he hadn't mailed to them a lot. And the thing was is that we just looked at, all right, well, how much more often could he mail to that list? And he started mailing to his list weekly, and then he started mailing twice a week. And because he was focused on those 20%, those perfect clients that loved him and were passionate and couldn't get enough about the information he was sharing, he didn't see as much drop-off as he thought. You know, and... um, so that's an area that you might want to think of. All right, can I can I email my list more often? Can I offer them new things? Um, the second area that people have hidden profits is in their network. So a lot of people are doing networking. They're going to networking meetings. They're doing Facebook groups, LinkedIn, Twitter, BNI, and all that. But what what's happening is that they're not um, they're not going to where their perfect clients are. So they might be going to a chamber of commerce meeting where there might be 100 people there, but there might not be any of their target market there, right? So okay. um, one of my clients, he, he, he wants to work with engineers. Engineers have their perfect clients. So instead of going to a chamber of commerce where there might be one engineer or zero engineers, we need to look at who has that group of engineers. So maybe it's the association of engineers. So look at the, the places that you're in your network and say, who has access to that ideal client. Right. Um, and then the third area to look for hidden profits is in your in your clients that you have right now. Um, so we've already gone through the exercise to figure out what the average sale is, the average lifetime value. Um, you're going to start to see is that you want to develop a profile of this ideal perfect client. So what is it that that they want? What is it that they are struggling with? Where are the gaps between where they are right now and where they want to be? So if you start focusing on these people, you're going to be able to see some additional things that you can offer them. You're going to see additional services. Um, You know, a lot of times when I'm working with clients, they'll see, oh, my client is already buying this other product, but I'm not selling it. So they can start offering that product also. So just do a little bit of detective work. Um, sure. The fourth area people are overlooking is their knowledge. So um, they say that you're never a prophet in your own town, and it's really true. When I was a speaker for the Mark Victor Hansen and uh, Robert Allen books, The One Minute Millionaire, I was you know, in Philly, New York, Ottawa, Montreal, and Vermont. Um, 
And when I went to Vermont, they actually had a TV station there for me. <laughs> so <laughs> what what happened is I was doing the same speech all over the place, but because I was from somewhere else, they they put a lot of value on that. And what happens that I see with business owners is that they don't value their knowledge that they have. So, Adam, you have all this, this knowledge of how to make their, their website sell. And the thing is is that unless you, you're valuing that, then other people don't value that, right? So That's true. I'll, I'll see this all the time is that somebody will do something, and because it's easy for them, they, they, don't, they don't charge for it. They don't ask enough money for it. And it's it's really frustrating because everybody that um, like for example I'm not good at technical stuff like if if it's uh, anything technical it, it makes me pull out my hair so um, you know if I'm working on my shopping cart which I should not be doing that's an example of working in my business instead of on it on my business sure um, it would make me crazy but sometimes this will happen is it'll be late at night and you know I haven't you know, sent it over to my assistant, so I'll try to fiddle with something. And I can't do it, so I'll send it over to them. They'll do it in like five, ten minutes. Now, just because they did it quickly doesn't mean it wasn't valuable. So you have to look at what's the value that what you do has for other people. So how 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 does having the shopping cart help me as a business owner? Well, it means that I can actually make sales, right? It means I can launch right. my product faster. So these are all things that are not, you know, it's not like, oh, X number of dollars per hour, but it's it's exponential in what that can be worth to me. Um, I love the, the example, the, um, you know, the guy comes in to fix a machine in a factory. The whole factory is, is shut down because the machine isn't working. And they said, um, the guy goes in, he looks at the machine, he presses a button, the machine starts working. And the guy says, it just took you a minute to do that. And he said, he's, he said, well, it's, it's $100. And he said, well, how can it be $100? It just took you a minute. And he said, well, it's, it's a dollar to push the button. It's $99 to know which button to push. And, and that's exactly. really where you want, you want to know that everything that you do is, is knowing which button to push for your clients. So if, if, exactly. it doesn't matter if, if you're a, a business coach, if you're a um, VA, it's that you are making it easier for your clients. So you really want to to be able to to put some value on it yourself, and then communicate that value to other people. Um, and if exactly. you're working with if you're working with your perfect clients, they they recognize that. So, for example, as as a you have a lot of coaches on here, they recognize that for them to do things faster, they need VAs. So that's something that you could talk about in your marketing because of the fact that that's going to help them make more money. It's not about sure. pushing the button. Um, and the last area that I see um, the, of the hidden profits is your resources. This goes back to that, that first question you asked me, of, you know, what is time and money? You know, what if they're struggling with having enough time and having enough money? Well, um, a few years ago, when I first started working with Tony Robbins, I went to one of his events, and this was an event that was right in the middle – of the recession and people were really, really, um, you know, there was a lot of panic at that time. And they sold this event for $20,000. You know, there were over 500, you know, people in the audience. And I, I was there for, you know, this whole thing, five days of speakers, including Tony talking for days on end. If you've ever been to Tony's thing, he doesn't talk quickly for anything. Um, 
And the thing that he said at the beginning is that he said, you will always find somebody that has less resources than you do. So time and money are really just resources, right? Because right. you'll say, well, why didn't you lose weight? Well, because I didn't have time. Why didn't you get this product launched? Well, I didn't have enough money to get it launched. And those are the two most common. So you'll always see somebody, and I'm fascinated by, I'm an immigrant to, to Canada, but um, I'm always right. fascinated by those immigrant can, um, stories that you see somebody that came to the U.S. or Canada with, like, the suitcase and, you know, $300 and have made a success out of themselves. And they're probably even more successful than we are, and they started with less. They had less resources. And it's because they, they it wasn't about the resources. It was about their resourcefulness, right? And so I think that as business owners and as um you know, I think at this time in our in our history of the world, a lot of times what happens is people are getting very, what I like to call, excusitis, that they always have right. a reason why. Like, it's not my fault I'm fat. It's my mom's fault. It, you know, it's not my fault that I did this, but the government did that. You know, um, one of my clients, he's in the, the school food market, and the poor guy was going out of his mind because – the the Obama administration keeps changing the food the lunch regulations for school lunches. Right, right. They're trying to make it healthier. And my client offers a product that's that's a um a pizza product that's healthy. It's made with whole wheat crust and he was doing all of that before they changed the regulations and everything. And so he came to me like and he said, um, you know, they changed the regulations again and now we can't have this many servings of bread in our pizza. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and so instead of, saying, instead of just saying, well, Obama did this, you know, I can't, you know, sell this product anymore. The guy, we were playing with recipe ideas. Like, what else could we do to make it? Because it was really a strange problem because it needed to have more fat but less carbs and more calories but less carbs. Sure. So I was like, how do we add calories without adding carbs? And But it was a matter of, like, not putting that responsibility for his success or failure for, on somebody else, but taking responsibility and being resourceful. So right. I would suggest that any time that you have something that you're struggling with, say, okay, well, how many, to- how many times did I try? How many people did I call? How many things did I, you know, how many ways did I fail at this before I, before I give up? You know, and that's why something right. like this show is important because I've seen, a, I've seen on your website the experts that you've had on here, and they're, they're amazing. You've had amazing people on this show, and I suggest if it's their first time listening today that you go back and listen to some of the archives because they're going to give you, just listening to one of the radio shows might give you that little boom, the little tweak that's going to make a difference for you. And that's, well, absolutely. And that's- yes, thank you so much for your kind words there, and i got to say, well, I agree. Now, uh, now we have about 15 minutes left here, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to skip ahead a little bit, just in the interest of time. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, we promised our listeners that you'd be sharing some tactics that can be done for practically nothing that can potentially bring you huge rewards, which goes along with what I've been saying for years, which is sometimes it's the smallest change that's going to make the biggest difference. Now, your clients have been seeing incredible results during this recession using your what you call your low-hanging fruit strategies. Now, can you share some of the results that they've seen and what some of the strategies are that they're using? Sure. Like, I'll give you one example. 
Um, and this was a really challenging example. I had a client come to me, and he was really in a difficult situation. He had an auto parts company. He lived in a very tiny, small, one-horse town down south, and he had a right. lot of competitors in the market. And his business had – he had been in business for over 50 years. And he had a lot of the um, – he was losing market share, and then he had the recession coming that came in. So everything, you know, was like, oh, bad thing on top of bad thing. So when he came to me, he said, I have some employees that are not, you know, um, performing. And so I, I, I was thinking, well, we just have to get rid of these employees. Because <laughs> he said, I've tried everything to make these employees more productive, and, you know, it just won't work. And I'm thinking, well, why would you hang on to them? And then he explained to me that, some of these people had been working for the for this family business for like 40, 50 years. Some of them were like 80 right. years old were working for him. And he said he couldn't hold up his church head up he couldn't hold his head up in church if he had to let these people go. So I, I had to come up with, all right, what can I do that's not going to cost him a lot of money that he could do it with his current staff that wasn't cooperative and his current resources. So what we discovered is that we were able to just using this one strategy increases sales 48% in one month compared to the same comparing to the same year the year before pre-recession even um so so we looked at how could we do an upsell because we figured an upsell is something um very simple to implement and all my low hanging yes. strategies have to be very simple so first of all a low hanging fruit strategy has to increase sales rapidly it's not something that you're going to wait a year to find. It has to be low cost or free and have really good return on investment. And then it has to be simple for any size business, even without a team to implement. So yes. um, that's what I look at. when. So the upsell fits into that whole low-hanging fruit strategy. So oh, yes. It's awesome. So what, what an upsell is, is offering a client an additional product or service at the point of sale. Like you said, when they're buying, they're buying, right? So yep, well, yeah, the best time to get somebody to say yes is when they're saying yes. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, when you're doing an upsell, it can be a complimentary product. It can be a more expensive version. Um, the awesome thing about upsells is that it's extra profit with no additional expense of marketing, right. sales, or anything like that. Now, the most famous example that almost everybody understands is McDonald's. So, um, and I haven't been to McDonald's in about six years, but they used to say, "Do you want fries with that?" Do you remember that when you were a kid? When I when I worked with Wendy's, when I worked at Wendy's, the big thing was, "Do you want cheese on that?" They're always looking for that extra fifty cents. But yeah, it's the same principle. <laughs> Do you want cheese? You won't refer to McDonald's because you're a Wendy's person. Uh, yeah, I'm actually I'm actually neither nor, but I'm just saying that's my background. That, that yeah. was my part time job when I was in college. Yeah, and so they, that fifty cents counted. It, it does. Those, those little fifty cents they add up over millions of people. And and the thing is, is that um, then Wendy's went to their biggie size, right? I was there when the biggie size was implemented, and yeah, I mean it was, it was a big part of it because I used I used to work the window in the back, and there were all kinds of little strategies. And you weren't looking to get somebody who just came for a burger and fries to order like twelve deluxe meals or something like that. You were just looking for that little bit of extra since they're already here and they're already saying yes. What else can we quickly get them to say yes to? And that's where you find your margins. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, is that I remember when I was a kid, you know, you might go and get a hamburger and not get the fries or not get the drink. But now the 
to have gotten the whole buying mindset into buying a trio. Right. So they've even gone a step further, and then it's like, okay, and do you want a biggie size that? Do you want to supersize, supersize that? So this is where we go back to the numbers of, all right, what are your clients buying right now? Who are your perfect clients? So what you want to do is you want to look at who are the top clients that you have. What are the top 20% of the products that you have? Because it's too overwhelming to go um, – you know, do upsells for every single thing in your – just like if you're doing a website, you're not going to put upsells on everything right away. You're going to say, all right, what is the most popular product and what's the upsell we can offer for that because that's how, how what, you're going to get the best. Yeah, and what's the natural that. upsell? Yeah, what's the natural upsell as well? Because trying to say you're selling one home study course, so we'll just upsell them to the other one. Is that really a natural fit? Right. It has to be a good fit. So with this company, what we did is we looked at what is the most – popular product that we that he sold in the store and you know it doesn't have to be a physical store in this case it was a physical store it can be your website um right. we looked at oil, stuff for oil changes were his most popular thing that he sold. right so we looked at all right what would be a natural product that would go along well with that and we we created a written process for this so if it's not on your website, on your website, you, you walk people through that, I'm sure, is that you're just going to have a, you know, an offer on top of the, the original process that they're buying, the original product. Um, but when, they're, when you're doing it in person, you want to have a written process. Even if you're just a one-man army that you have your own business and you're selling for yourself, it's really important to write this process out so that you can practice it, get in the habit of it, um, because a lot of times people, they, they stumble when they're in their actual sales um, conversation. Then sure. what, what I want you to do is start tracking this. So it's all about the tracking. So you want to look at making sure that it's being implemented consistently because the biggest thing that I see happen is people will do it for a day or a week or a month. And it's just like the whole diet and exercise thing. Then you fall off the wagon and you go back to what you were doing before. So you know, get yourself a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be some fancy spreadsheet and say, okay, I'm making 10 sales conversations. How many times did I offer an upsell? You know, I have um, a product on my website. Track how many people are taking the upsell that you're offering on your website and see is right. that um, is it working? You know, is it a natural progression for the person buying or are they not responding to it? In which case then you want to go back and test and see, you know, what else that you could offer them that they, they would like. Um, exactly. I Yeah, I, I wrote upsells for a client five years ago. The client is still using. I mean, he's even changed some of the product, but he keeps the same upsell. And there are many strategies behind upsells, and we could have several separate episodes of this show about how to do, the, the like, the price percentages and things like that. But a very simple formula, and tell me what you think of this, Stacey, since you're here, I just want to get your thoughts on this. What I tell clients all the time is when you want to do an upsell, particularly a pre-sale upsell, which is the one where you add something on before they go to the shopping cart and buy something, front load the price and back load the value. And what that means in real terms is sometimes, I even go so far when I structure these things, I even go so far as to take benefits out of the main offer and move them into the upsell and then increase the price of the main offer and drop the price of the upsell. So if we get people to say yes to the main offer and then they see that upsell, they're saying, wow, for only $100 more, I'm going to get all this sold. 
Yeah, it's 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 like the the ridiculous, you know. It's like how can they right. say no to that? And that's fun. Right. You want, you want to provide value for people. It's all about serving your your clients and having them say, "Wow, this 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 is great." You know, and, and having something that makes sense. You know, if if they're buying a product that is completely unrelated, it makes no sense, and you're not going to get the conversion. So you want to make sure that that it matches up and offers a ton of value. Right, right. We had we had this happen with a a client once where they had a home study course and it just wasn't selling at all. And we tested various things and we determined there was probably a price resistance issue. So what we did is we took the product and we divided it. So we left some of the the elements of the product and some of the price in the main product, but then moved the rest of it into an upsell. And the client saying, well, uh, well, what do you mean? You're going to cheapen my product and you're going to make them feel like they're spending more? And I'm told right now, you ain't, right now they ain't spending nothing. Mm. So would you? So would you rather? Um, Get a hundred. So, would you rather get 197 out of the 297 you're hoping for? Or would you rather get zero out of the 297 you're hoping for? And uh, once that upsell was implemented, they began to realize cor- sales on their home study course, and their upsell rate was uh, a little bit over 90 percent. Wow, that's amazing. And it was, it was the same. It was the same amount of money, and it was the same number of features <laughs> and benefits. It was just positioned differently. That's all. It's crazy how our minds work, isn't it? As a buyer. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's it, what I like about that is that you were resourceful and you didn't let pride stand in the way. Like you, you you looked at the numbers. You know the numbers are talking to you. They're telling you a story and it wasn't a happy one. <laughs> right? And right. so you're like, "Hey, you can stick to this happy number, but right now the happy ending is not happening. It's all zeros down at the bottom." So Exactly. Is you're saying, "Listen, we can make a tweak. We can make a test. It doesn't have to, and the great thing about online marketing is it doesn't have to be permanent. Even if you're selling oh, something that, that, that's that's the thing. When I mastered that, and Stacey, I think you'll agree with me when it comes to either online marketing or coaching or many other things, it's 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 usually impossible to know the number. So the so the thing you say is, I don't know, let's test it. Yes, yes. Yes. If, the, if, the, if, the t- if the test works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And, uh, and if you find obvious opportunities to tweak while the test is going on, I mean, right now I have between all my clients, I have seven split tests running on various offers and products and, and things like that uh, because they'll come to me and say, well, how do I know? What models can we follow? And I said, well, we're already following models. Uh, what we need to do is we te- need to test and see how this works in your market. Right, and I, I, I think that a lot of times people want to have that bulletproof, formula that works for them but like you said it it has to be applied to your market it has to be applied to the buyers the psychology they have about whatever it is that you're selling and and testing i mean testing is not it's not a failure it's 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 actually failing to test is the failure because instead of making a hundred dollars you could be making a thousand dollars right right and people take a hundred dollars and they think oh look i made a hundred dollars on this it's really good well you could be making a thousand dollars on this Exactly. You're leaving nine hundred dollars on the table. So. Exactly. Well, just one. Yeah, just one quick observation here before we turn turn the floor over to you, because I know you have something awesome for our audience here. Is I was doing a consult with somebody about a year ago, and he said, you know, I've spoken to seven people already, and uh, and you're the eighth person I'm spoken to. Uh, spoken to, and I'm just looking for that one thing that I need to do that I know 
will get me all the conversions I need. And all these other people say is uh, we have to test things. And, and But do you have the answer? And I said, well, I'm going to be the eighth person to tell you i got to test something. So maybe now that you've spoken with eight people, you need to look at some things you've been told to test and go out and test them and see what happens. Yeah, people don't want that answer, do they? It's crazy. Well, he well he I did was, send me a nice thank you note and a T-shirt, which I still wear. Oh, that's good. Well, it's funny because I was <laughs> at an event um, with Jay Abraham. And as you probably know, Jay Abraham is like one of the highest paid marketing consultants in the world. And we're at the Tony Robbins event, and somebody got up and he said, well, Jay, I have this thing and this thing, and which which one do you think is going to work better? And Jay said, I have no idea. You need to test. And I thought yeah. that was great. Like, he didn't try to say, well, this one's going to work better, this headline's better. He said, listen, we don't know. The market's going to show you. Test it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it turns out we only have about three minutes left here. Time yeah. flies and you're having fun. So, so Stacey Highland, first of all, I want to thank you so much for being with us. And you mentioned to me before we started the episode, do you have a resource for our listeners to find out more about uncovering your hidden profits and how to implement these low-hanging fruit strategies? So where yes. can they find out more, and where can folks such as our business creators get a hold of you? Sure. Um, go to businessoptimizercoach.com, and what you can get there is my Discover Your Hidden Profits Business Breakthrough Kit. It has a copy of my Hidden Profits audio and transcript, so if you're a reader, you can read through it. Um, you also will get a copy of my Business Optimization Report, which talks about how to yes. increase your sales and profits, get more of your perfect clients. Um, and then you also get a copy of the, the classic Acres of Diamonds, which is that classic book that yes. talks about, hey, you have the diamonds in your backyard, you know, dig where you are kind of thing. So yes. Um, yes. you get all three of those in the package, and it's at businessoptimizercoach.com. So you can go there and contact me and uh, Stacy Hyland on Facebook if you guys want to connect. I look forward to talking to everybody. I'll remind all of our readers that, and all of our listeners, rather, that uh, when you go to businesscreatorsradioshow.com, all of our previous episodes, including this one, uh, will be in our archive along with our guest expert profiles. And within those guest expert profiles, you'll be able to click to visit their social media links and their website. So anytime you want to connect with any of our guest experts, those options are there, including for Stacey. So once again, Stacey Highland, the Business Optimizer Coach, this has been a pleasure, and we'll probably have to have you back sometime because I think we still have a lot more to cover. It's, uh, it's an incredible amount of information here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me. Have a great day. Everybody. You bet. You, you bet. Uh, so once again, this has been the Business Creators Radio Show. Please take a moment, check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where our experts help you win at the game of business and marketing. Also, check us out on iTunes. Do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the word. Again, this is Adam Homey, your host. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. <laughs>